God, for so many of us in this place, you have broken chains. The chains of despair and depression. God, the chains of sin that held us captive. God, the chains of, of bondage, of past. And we are now free in your grace to love you, to serve you, to enjoy the abundant life that you promised in John chapter 10. And for that, we are eternally grateful. We could not say thank you enough times for the ways that you have set us free. God, in these next moments, as we kind of unpack your word a little bit, as we talk about what you have on the horizon for us here at Bayview Glen, God, speak to us. God, may that, may that vision, that mission captivate our hearts as we uh, talk about it in a fresh way today. In the name of Christ, God's people together said, Amen. You can grab a seat. <clears throat> well, a couple of extra cups of coffee in me this morning because uh, Kaya chirps every three or four hours. Uh, how many of you still have kids in diapers? How many of you have had kids in diapers? There you go. There you go. Commiserating with me. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Um, listen, over the next couple of weeks, here's what we're doing. We're going through a series called The Horizon. And you know what the horizon is, obviously. It's where the sky meets the sea. It's what we kind of look to, what's out there on the horizon, that goal, that mission, where we're headed. We could have called the series uh, The Lighthouse or something else, but we've called it The Horizon because we're talking about the mission that God has called us to as a church. And, and the reason that we do this is every year or so, we're going to kind of remember the mission and vision and values uh, of Bayview Glen as a church. We're going to kind of set a rock of remembrance a little bit for those of you who know that Bible story and just take a few minutes to remember what God has done, remember what he's done through us in the past year, and also look forward to the next year. And we do this in September because that's a little bit of when our ministry year starts, right after Labor Day and folks are coming back in from vacations. We talked about that already and really through June. And so we kind of kick off our ministry calendar year with uh, a look at uh, the the horizon and what God is calling us to. So in a lot of ways, we're dealing with kind of family business today. So if you're brand new with us, you picked a great Sunday to come because you'll get a little bit of a glimpse as to uh, who Bayview Glen is, where God has brought us from, and what he's calling us to. And for those of you who call this place home, let this be a refresher and a reminder for you. But before we can talk about where we're headed, we've really got to talk about where we've come from. For those of you uh, who have been here a while, you know that in 1940, Bayview Glen Church was founded as Avenue Road Church. And we sat under pastoral leadership of guys like Ken Opperman and A.W. Tozer. And in 1970, Avenue Road Church called a young man in his 30s to be the next senior pastor. Anybody know his name? Arnold Reimer. Arnold Reimer became pastor in 1970, and in 1978, he moved Avenue Road Church from downtown up here to Bayview and Steeles and renamed it Bayview Glen Church. And from 1978 till now, we've been meeting right here on this property as a community of faith, lifting up Jesus and hearing from his word. Uh, pastor Reimer, Arnold Reimer, was really our visionary. 
And then uh, Nelson Annan, Dr. Annan came along and, and he instilled in us as a body of Christ a passion for those who don't know Jesus. Dr. Steve Irvin came along. He, he really taught us to pray in a lot of ways. Many of you know that as you said under Steve Irvin's leadership. Gosh, I, I learned to pray under Steve Irvin's leadership and we had Bob Gould and others as transitional pastors in that time and, and we grew as a body, we grew as a church. But for those of you, again, who have been around a while, you know that somewhere in that time, somewhere in those years, uh, the ship began to list a little bit. We lost our way a little bit. God's calling for us, God's vision, God's mission for us as a body began to get a little bit blurry in our minds somehow. And the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And that's kind of what happened. When we lost our way a little bit and when that mission that God called us to got blurry, we saw Sunday morning attendance start to decline pretty rapidly. We saw kind of our our body of believers start to shrink a little bit. We weren't reaching as many people for the gospel. We weren't sending out missionaries. And and that wasn't anybody's fault. It's not like we're blaming somebody and like, yes, let's let's blame Pastor Reimer this morning. look for someone to blame. That's a good person to start with. No, that's absolutely not what we're doing in any way, shape, or form. All I'm saying is, again, for those of you who have been around a while, you kind of know, yeah, I remember that. The vision kind of got blurry a little bit. And, And you know, it reminds me a lot of the nation of Israel. When they came out of Jerusalem and were taken into captivity in Babylon, what God had called them to, the preferred future, the good things, the blessings that God had planned, they began to get blurry a little bit. Their mission to reach the nations began to get blurry. Their vision and strategy for doing so began to get blurry. If if you have your Bibles, I want to show you that. Open up to Psalms chapter 126. Psalm 126. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. uh, The scripture's up here on the screen and, and you can follow along with us. If you don't know where Psalms is, just open right to the middle of your Bible right to the middle of your Bible, and you'll likely be in the book of Psalms. There's about 150 of them. It's the longest book in the Bible, and it's really just a collection of songs to God. But we're going to be in chapter 126. Let's pick it up there in verse 1. The psalmist writes this. He says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Stop there. Here's what the author is saying. We were in captivity in Babylon, and we know that the Lord is about to restore their future. He's about to restore the fortunes of Zion. He's about to restore the nation of Israel. But before that, the author says, we were like those who dreamed. In other words, they dreamed of something better. They dreamed of something different. They dreamed of returning to Jerusalem and rebuilding the wall. They dreamed of returning to that city of David. They dreamed of the Lord blessing them again, of the Lord being present with them again. They dreamed of fulfilling the mission that God had called them to, but it didn't grip their hearts anymore. It was just like a dream. It it wasn't like a reality. It was just kind of out there in the distance. The psalmist says, we were like those who dreamed. You know, and just like the nation of Israel, we as a church, Bayview Glen, we needed a new vision for what God could do. 
We needed to submit to him again. We needed to restore our faith in him that he could bring us out of where we were and bring us into that preferred future that he had for us. And so those of you, again, who've been here a while, you know that the elders really led us toward that. And they began with repentance. And you might be thinking, wow, the elders repented? Like leadership makes mistakes, weird. Weird, yeah, sometimes leadership makes mistakes. And so instead of praying that prayer, we talked about this several weeks ago, instead of praying that prayer, okay, God, you caught me. Here's what the elders prayed. God, we surrender, change me. And you saw them get up in front of our body of believers and say, we, we, we are going to focus on what God has for us. We're not going to get distracted by this stuff on the outside. And as a body of believers, that became our heart's cry, that became our heartbeat. God, we surrender to you. Now change us. Change us. And God answered. He began to restore our unity. He began to bring about a new focus on what he might do in our midst. And then we prayed that God would give the elders of this church a clear and cogent mission. We reminded ourselves of the vision that Pastor Reimer had placed before us. We renewed our focus on those who are lost, who don't know Jesus, like Dr. Annan had taught us to do. We prayed like Dr. Irvin taught us to do. We pressed into God and we said, God, give us a mission. Give us a clear focus for what you have on the horizon. And under Pastor Dave Lewis's leadership as a transitional pastor, God affirmed our mission. He rem whoa, what was that? Just hit puberty there. That was interesting. <laughs> Note the time, because I've been waiting for that for a while, puberty. So just what time is it? What day is it? Sorry. Um, under Pastor Dave Lewis's leadership, God affirmed our mission. Uh, we, we were a unified church with a clear focus. This is what God has called us to do and here it is. Glorify God, foster community, make disciples. That's what we do. That's what we're after. That's what's on the horizon for us. Glorify God, foster community, make disciples. You see it on the banners in the sanctuary. You see it on our website. You see it on the walls down there. That's our mission. That's our goal. That's our aim. That's what's on the horizon. Glorify God, foster community, and make disciples. And I want to take just a few moments to unpack that today. Because we talk about that and we throw that mission statement around, but let's remember what really God is calling us to. Here's what it means to glorify God. It means we're going to give him attention. It means we're going to make him famous. It means we're going to lift Jesus up. It means we're going to put his name in lights. It means we pray this prayer that our church would not be a place that talks about how a program might fix you or how a meeting might be your solution or how a Sunday morning worship gathering might be the ultimate goal. Here's what we talk about. We are a church that has a resolute and unyielding focus on one name and one name alone and that's the name of the living God and we want to give him attention and glory and put his name in lights. I do not care if you remember my name. I do not care if you remember the name of Bayview Glen Church. Here's what we want you to walk away with. God gets glory. He's lifted up. 
He's king. He's in control. No other name in heaven and on earth can save you. No other name under heaven and on earth can be your hope and your joy. No other name in heaven and on earth deserves glory and focus and attention. So that's where our mission statement starts. Glorify God. Give him focus. Number two, foster community. Foster community. I love that first word of foster community. It's not create community, it's foster community. Here's why. We know people are gonna have relationships anyway. So all we're trying to do is create environments that facilitate that. You've heard us talk about that quite a bit over the last year or so. Our goal is to create environments that create or that facilitate Christian friendships. Whether you know Jesus, whether you've been walking with him for a while, whether you don't know Jesus at all, here's what we know. You need Christian friends. So our goal is to foster community. Just like your kid's second grade class is a Petri dish for all kinds of germs we're not even gonna talk about today, that's what we want to be for Christian community. We want to be a Petri dish where the germs of Christian community grow. That analogy didn't work. Let me, let me, let me note that here in my notes. I'll change that in the next service. But here, that's part of our mission, that we want to foster community. We want to create small groups. We want to create a time after service where we have refreshments. We want to turn and greet one another so we can make friends and foster Christian community. Glorify God. Foster community and what? Make disciples. Make disciples. I love this part. We're going to talk about this more next week. We're going to spend our whole time next week talking about that one part of our mission statement. Make disciples. But for now, suffice it to say, we don't make converts. We don't make decisions for Jesus. We don't make people who know the Bible well. We don't make consistent churchgoers. Our goal, our mission is to make fully devoted disciples of Christ. It begins with conversion and it, and it, and it uh, continues with sanctification, but our goal is to glorify God, foster community, and make disciples. But here is the million-dollar question today. How do we do that? How do we do that? We've said to God, okay, you've given us a clear mission, glorify God, foster community, and make disciples, but listen, uh, that, that mission... Is, is not that different from a lot of other Christian organizations. I just spent the last two years researching adoption organizations and lots of Christian adoption organizations would say that their goal is to glorify God, foster community, and make disciples. And they do that through adoption. They might say it a little different than we do, but that's essentially their goal. Uh, Christian schools would say, we glorify God, foster community, make disciples. Lots of other churches would say, we glorify God, foster community, and make disciples. But the strategy for how they get there is different than ours. Each organization is different. Each school is different. Each church, whether it's in downtown San Francisco or in rural Tanzania, Africa, or in South Korea, our mission to glorify God, foster community, make disciples is the same. But our strategy as to how we get there is different. It, to continue the metaphor that we're using this morning, here's the question we're asking. Okay, we see the dot on the horizon. How are we going to get there? Are we going to get there via boat? Are we going to get there via plane? Are we going to get there via car? Are we going to get there via the USS Enterprise from Star Trek? That would be my preference, by the way, because I'm a Trekkie, but that's beside the point. Here's our strategy, and it's just as simple as our mission itself. 
Here's our strategy, worship, community, and training. That's what we do. And, and, and really, that's all we do. We're not terribly complicated. We do three things. We worship God together on Sundays. We create opportunities for Christian community and we get training. And we're gonna unpack each part of that strategy as to how we get to the vision. Here's what Sunday mornings look like. You're experiencing one right now. We sing. We give God glory. We give him attention in our songs. We hear from his word like we're doing right now. We, we, we do our children's ministry with excellence. You may know that our children's ministry motto, our Bayview Kids motto here, is we're going to create a children's experience that is so awesome that kids are dragging their parents to church. We, we actually had a parent tell us that a few weeks ago. Did you guys know that? Like, I don't even like coming here, but my kid drags me here. We're like, praise God, thanks. <laughs> it's part of our vision. It's part of our mission. We're gonna do this time singing and music and and preaching and video and all the things we do in here, we're gonna do that with excellence. We're gonna do our children's ministry with excellence. And third, we're gonna do guest services with excellence. Here's why. We want to create an embracing environment and a clear pathway for connection for every person that walks through our doors. For every new person that walks through our doors, whether it's a newcomer lunch or time to get to know people after services or meeting pastors or meeting greeters at the door or ushers, we want them to feel loved and embraced and we want them to to have a clear pathway to connect with people here at Bayview Glen. That's the worship part of what we do. And and we, we do budget, we do staffing, we do, you know, how we even uh, manage our time as a staff throughout the week. This is what we talk about from an elder perspective. We talk about these three things, worship, community, and training. Let's spend a couple moments on community. Again, our goal is to create environments that create Christian friendships. So we do small groups. We do groups like Men in the Word that launches this week. We do groups like Women of Purpose. We do things like Awana. We do all kinds of different ways that you can connect with others in community. Here's why. Because we believe the Christian life is better done in circles and not in rows. It's better done in circles and not in rows. As opposed to uh, looking and observing When it comes to like the nitty gritty, the messy stuff, when you're getting waist deep into other people's lives, when we're really praying for one another, when we're really practicing the love one another and forgive one another's of the scripture, we gotta turn our chairs and look at each other, amen? We we gotta create a circle and turn around to those other folks in our life and say, hey, tell me what's going on in your life. How can I pray for you? What, what, what was the highlight of your week? What was the low light of your week? And we're gonna celebrate the highlights and we're gonna ask God's favor on the low lights. You struggling with something? Can I hold you accountable for something? We can't do that here. We've got so many folks here. It makes it very, very difficult to do that in a worship environment. So we do worship, we sing and, and we hear from his word and we receive communion together. But when it comes to really getting into people's lives, we are creating opportunities for Christian friendship so we can turn our chairs and face one another. Finally, we do training. We do training. You may know that over the last year, we've created these training courses. Our model for training is uh, equipping you with the specific tools you need to live an authentic Christian life. 
So here's what we want to do. We want to kind of pack up your tool belt with different tools that you need to live an authentic Christian life. Those classes don't last any longer than five weeks. Sometimes they're just a Saturday morning. We talk about things like developing a budget that honors God. We talk about foundations of the faith. We talk about how to discover your spiritual gifts and how to put them into practice. We talk about all kinds of different things. We bring in guests, experts to help us launch those training classes, help us teach those training classes so that we can equip you with the specific tools that you need to live an authentic Christian life. So there it is. There's our mission. Glorify God, foster community, and make disciples. And our vision, our strategy for getting there is threefold. It's very simple. We do worship on Sundays, we do community groups, and we do training. And that's it. So God brought us out of a rough patch, did he not? God brought us out of a rough patch, just as he did the nation of Israel, just as he did when he brought them out of Babylonian captivity, just as he fulfilled those dreams that we were just talking about, Psalm 126, verse 1. So what was next for the nation of Israel? What did God do after he brought them out of Babylonian captivity? Look back down at Psalm 126, verse 2. Psalm 126, verse 2. The psalmist writes this, Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Here's how the nation of Israel responded. Laughter, joy, shouts of praise when God brought them through a rough patch and they declared, God, you have done great things for us. So as a church, God gave us a clear vision. He gave us a clear strategy and a clear mission. And we decided last year, the elder board and Dave Lewis as our transitional pastor and me as I kind of, uh, you know, hit the runway here uh, at Bayview Glen, that we're going to believe that we can get there, that God can bring us there to that place where we declare, just like the nation of Israel did, the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. God, we're going to trust you that you can bring us out of this time of scuffling. We're going to trust you as we've repented, as we've surrendered, as we've focused on that calling that you have for us. We're going to trust you that you can do great things. And so we had a motto for this last year. Does anybody remember what our motto was? Believing God for great things. Believing God for great things. All this last year we've been talking about, we're going to focus on your mission. We're going to focus on that strategy. And we're going to believe you for great things this year. And did God do great things this year at Bayview Glen? You better believe it. You better believe it. In case you've forgotten, let me review some of those things that God did this last year. One of the very first meetings I was a part of at Bayview, I I got here September 13th. So I'm coming up on my one year anniversary. I got here September 13th of last year. And within a week, our elder board called a special meeting, my very first elder meeting, to talk about budget. And I thought, oh wow, this is going to be captivating. I love spreadsheets. They are, they are really a ton of fun. They're exhilarating. Excel, I would say, is exhilarating. That's absolutely not true. It was gonna be the world's most boring meeting ever. 
But I watched our elder board say, okay, God, we're gonna believe you for great things when it comes to providing for our needs here at Bayview Glen. We're gonna believe you for great things. And even as Dave Lewis helped us walk through that process, we, we, our elder board, I watched him say, we're gonna believe you for great things. Listen, listen to, to where our budget had been over the last eight years. Over the previous eight years, our budget had decreased every year for eight years. And we had not met budget every year for eight years. In fact, the year prior, not this past fiscal year, but the year prior, our budget was right around $2 million and we were 9% short, 9%. So when we get into this budget meeting, here's what believing God for great things looks like. We're gonna keep budget stagnant and we're going to meet it. <laughs> or maybe, maybe we'll decrease it again and we'll meet it because we haven't seen God do that in our midst for the last eight or nine years. But here's what our elders did. They said, how about, how about we believe God for really great things? How about we increase it? And I thought, well, that's stupid. I knew I shouldn't have come to this meeting. Um, like I'm a week into my, my senior pastorate here. I'm a week into shepherding this body of believers. And when we decide it's a good idea to increase our budget, oh, wow, this is really superb. But as I heard them pray and as I heard them talk through it, I said, you know what, God? We're gonna believe you for great things. We increased the budget from 2 million to 2.2 million. You know how far short we fell this year? 3,900 bucks. So listen, that means somebody needs to write a check. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, here's what that means, that God provided that as we gave generously, as we bound together as a community and said, we're gonna give to eternal stuff. It allowed us to do some revamps in our worship center, our sanctuary that we'll experience next week. It allowed us to get real aggressive about finding a community pastor. It allowed us to have a little bit of cushion uh, on some things that we didn't have cushion before. It allowed the staff to kind of de-stress a little bit. And most importantly, it allowed us to do Bayview Glen summer nights. It allowed us to do Bayview Kids summer experience where we had twice as many kids as we did the year before. We'll talk about that in a minute. It allowed us to do all these different things things for free, community outreach, missions, loving people in the name of Jesus, and it takes resources, $2.2 million, and essentially, we hit it. God deserves praise for that, amen? Over the last eight years, we've seen our Sunday morning attendance drop every year for the last eight years. So we were believing God for great things and we said, okay, God, 10, 12%, 15%. We'll focus on that mission. We'll focus on your strategy, your vision that you've given us for accomplishing that mission. And, and maybe we'll see our numbers jump about 10%. You know where we're at, depending on what time of year you look at, we've increased, our Sunday morning attendance has increased between 40 and 60% over the last year. Amen. I talked about this a minute ago. I mentioned it a minute ago. We had Bayview Kids Summer Experience these last uh, few weeks. A couple weeks ago, we did a two-week Bayview Kids Summer Experience. We had twice the amount of kids as we did the previous year. And you know what happened? This is very interesting. We were running about 50 or 60 kids throughout the summer, and then we did Bayview Kids Summer Experience. And you know how many kids we had the following week? About 100. And you know who those kids brought with them? Their parents to hear about Jesus. 
And the majority of the kids that came to Bayview Kids Summer Experience represent families that don't know Jesus. They represent families that need to hear about the hope that Jesus has for them. They, they need to hear about the great things that God has planned for them. Our children's ministry is just rocking and rolling. Our choir was a little less than 20 participants in the, in the couple of years prior. Over this last year, our choir has increased to 55 people. You'll see them sing for the first time two weeks from now, September 21st, as we launch our question series. In six months at our newcomer lunch, we've had over 130 newcomers come and participate there and just get to know Bayview Glen and get plugged in here. We've had 200 distinct individuals come through our training program. We've had far more than that, but 200 individual names getting training, getting tools to live an authentic Christian life. ESL, English as a Second Language, is one of our best outreach programs that we do here. It's as large as it's ever been. How about this one? when we do benevolent funds, you know, we, we're doing one at the end of the service today. We're doing a benevolent offering. You know that we distributed right about $70,000 to people in need this year? For people in our community of faith here at Bayview Glen and people in our surrounding community, they come in, they say, I, I, I need a meal. I need a bus ticket. I, I need somebody to pay my rent or I'm going to get kicked out of my house. And we go, we are happy to help. The body of believers, the community of faith at Bayview Glen gives generously to people just like you. And we want to help in the name of Jesus, offer a cup of cold water so that you might meet him and know him personally. I'm going to say that again, $70,000 to meet the needs of people here at Bayview and on our surrounding community. Amen? How about this one? We had over 1,300 people here on Easter Sunday. Over 1,300. You got to go back six or seven years to get to that. And we had over 60 that Easter Sunday indicate that they said yes to Jesus for the very first time. Over 60 on Easter Sunday this last year. And, and you're listening to me maybe thinking, wow, there's a lot of numbers there. And you know, gosh, is Lucas all about the numbers? You're darn right I am. You're darn right I am. You know why? Because I want more people to experience life in Jesus. I want more marriages healed by the living God. I want more people to find hope in him. I want more people to transition from a destiny apart from Jesus, a Christless eternity into life and glory and hope and abundance in him. John 10, 10 says this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come so that you might have life and have it abundantly. And you know how many people I want to experience that? That, more. It's always going to be more people experiencing life in Christ and salvation in Christ. And each of those numbers, whether it's Easter Sunday, Bayview Kids Summer Experience, our July 1 outreach, we had over 600 folks come to our campus that Sunday. Uh, whether it's increased attendance over the course of the year, whatever it is, each one of those numbers represents a story. It represents a name a face, a life, somebody's spouse, somebody's friend, somebody's brother, sister, cousin, somebody's lost kid that met Jesus for the very first time. I wanna share a couple of those stories with you this morning that are especially compelling to me. Jason, 
shared his testimony this past year. He said yes to Jesus on a Sunday morning and he was baptized here at Bayview Glen this last year. He came out of a life of homosexuality and sexual promiscuity because his worth, his self-worth was so low, he tried to find self-worth other places. And God rescued him and used the ministry of Bayview Glen to rescue him out of a life of healing, restoration, freedom, life and grace, brought him into all those things. Jason said yes to Jesus here at Bayview Glen this year and was baptized. Sarah came in February and she heard the gospel for the very first time in February. Listen to this. Sarah heard this phrase for the first time. God loves you. Can you imagine that? God loves you. She heard that phrase for the first time. She was at our 915 service. She said yes to Jesus. And you know what she did? She immediately bolted out of here. You know why? She went home and got her family and said, you have got to hear about this Jesus guy. And she brought her husband and her kids back. And from February through Easter, she and her husband and their kids, they were involved in our ministry around here. They did some of our training courses. And you know who came up to me on Easter Sunday and gave me a big hug and said, I said yes to Jesus today? Sarah's husband. And they're here each and every Sunday involved in a lot of the things we're doing in community and training and worshiping here with us. Nancy came to Bayview Glen just a few weeks ago. She was contemplating suicide when she got here. She was broken and ashamed and hurting. The benevolent fund that I talked about a minute ago helped her get connected with the counseling program and took care of the, the funding for the counseling program, our on-site counseling program here at Bayview. We connected her with the small group. She's been worshiping with us and you can already see in just a couple of weeks, brand new life, just a, a, an increased, a raised countenance looking to Jesus and believing him for the great things that he has done in and through her just because of the ministry of Bayview Glen Church. Just because we focused on his mission, just because we trusted him to bring us out. So what's next? We believed God for great things this year. We focused on that mission. We, we, we focused on that strategy he gave to us. So what is next? We respond just like the nation of Israel did. Look back at verse two. Here's what's next. Here's how we respond. Look at verse two. It says, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. In other words, the first thing we do is give God glory. We give God praise. We celebrate God. We celebrate what he did. How many of you are like me and you, you pray a prayer and, and then like it's, you know, you know, you forget to thank God sometimes. You forget to give him praise. You forget to give him glory when he answers that prayer. If anybody like me, good, two of you, perfect. That's awesome. Okay, let me just talk from personal experience. Sometimes I come before the Lord, I say, oh God, would you, would you help me? Would you come to my aid and assistance? God, I have this need, I have this hope, I have this hurt. I need you, oh God. And God answers my prayer. And for some reason, I forget to thank him. I forget to take joy in that. I forget to laugh and shout to him in that. So here's what we're gonna do as a body of believers. We believed God for great things this year and did he or did he not do great things? Amen? He brought us out of that place we were scuffling. 
He brought us out of a place where, 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 where we just kind of didn't know where his vision had got blur or our vision of what he called us to had gotten blurry. And, and praise God for the elders and for the humble leadership that have led this church for many, many years and brought us back to the throne of God again and said, oh God, do great things. And guess what he did? And so our tongues are filled with laughter, our mouths are filled with shouts of joy for the wonderful things God did. Number two, what's next? How do we respond? Here's the big ask today. Here's the big ask. We need you to serve. We need you to serve. Get involved. There's all kinds of opportunities to do so and opportunities that fit within that mission and vision and strategy for ministry. For example, we have a guest services, uh, a person who oversees guest service here, uh, Julie Jones. We have a team of faithful volunteers, ushers, greeters, table hosts for our newcomer lunch, all kinds of different prayer partners who are available after the service today, after all of our services. They all fall under that guest services category. And we need more people to serve. You know why? Because we're believing God for great things next year too. We're believing that he's gonna bring more people around here and we want to create an embracing environment and a clear pathway. So if you're a person that just, you love people and you want to serve Jesus by welcoming people, by praying for people, by, by enfolding them into the community at Bayview Glen, we would love to have you serve on our guest services committee as a, as a greeter. If you have absolutely no personality at all, we'll, we'll, you could be an usher. That would be, that'd be a perfect spot for you. And it still falls under guest services, all right? But but again, our goal is to create an embracing environment where we wrap our arms around people and a clear pathway for connection. When people say, I want to get connected and we need people to help us do that. We need people to step into those areas of service. For that reason, we have a training next Saturday, a guest services training for ushers, for greeters, for, for table hosts, for our newcomer lunch, all kinds of stuff. You can sign up after the service today. Julie Jones, our director of guest services, will be out there uh, just in the cafe, just off this room. Please come be a part of that training because we need people to step into those roles. You can serve in our children's ministry. Our children's ministry is creating a, a Bayview Kids experience on Sunday morning that is so awesome, kids are dragging their parents to church. And what we've done up to this point, we've done birth up to grade five. That's kind of what we've done over the last year. And we've done a children's ministry that runs the duration of the service. Here's what we're going to do in the following year. We're going to launch a program for grades six, seven, and eight. We're going to launch a program for grade, did somebody say yay? I mean, we kind of say amen around, but you say yay. You can say yay if you want to. And the reason why we're doing that is we want to target that group of folks, grades six, seven, and eight, to help them meet Jesus right where we're at. And you know what we need more of? People. And if you're going to serve kids in grades six, seven, and eight, we need crazy people is what we need. We, we need nutso folks. We need people who, who, you know, you sit in your job as an accountant or as an engineer, as an attorney all week, and you're like, man, this is boring. Hang out with grades six, seven, and eight for an hour and 15 on Sunday morning. You'll go back Monday morning happy as a clam to go back to your boring job. Promise. Promise. We need people to hold infants. Mine. My kid. 
We, we need people to take care of toddlers. We need people to help kids in grade three, in grade four, grade five, kindergarten, wherever. Meet Jesus for the first time. Kirianne, our children's ministry assistant, right out there in the cafe, right afterwards, help you connect to serving in children's ministry. We need small group leaders and hosts because as part of uh, the budget cushion that we have now, we can get real aggressive about hiring a community pastor, someone to help us facilitate small groups, a leader, a recruiter to help us do that. And if you can lead a small group, facilitate a small group, host a small group in your home, come see me. We're just going to drop your name on a list. We're going to keep it locked and loaded. So when that community pastor comes on board, we'll just say, here are your leads. Go for it. We need people to step into those areas of service. The second thing you can do is connect. Connect. You, you can serve and you can connect. Connect with Men in the Word. They launch Wednesday night this week. I saw Dr. Sundar Krishnan's preaching at, that, at, at Men in the Word's launch this week. That's going to be fantastic. You can connect in Women of Purpose. You can connect with our Women's Missionary Prayer Group. You can connect in any number of ways. Can I tell you, by the way, one of the best ways to connect with other people, if you're like, gosh, I've been here for a while. I'm not really making friends. Serve. Sir, sing in the choir, play in the band. Some of you don't sing in the choir, but, but those of you who can sing, sing in the choir. Be, be an usher, uh, host us in, in our um, newcomer lunch. Be a table host. Find a place to connect and serve because as you serve, you'll connect with other folks. The third thing, the third big ask today is over the next year, here's our goal, we want 50% of our Sunday morning, our average Sunday morning attendance, we want 50% to take one of our training classes. We want 50%. Last year we had 200 come through, uh, 200 distinct individuals, and we had about an 850 average this last year. So that's right about 25%, give or take. I'm not a math whiz, all right? We're at about 25%. This year, we want to see 50% of our congregation take a training class. Learn to pray. I see Maria Khan in the back taught one of our training classes. Uh, learn to develop a budget that honors God. I see Maggie Gerges in the back helped teach one of our training classes. Doc Dr. Arnold Cook teaches one of our training classes. Dr. Tim Kimmel, a family special is coming in in October to teach one of our training classes. We have fantastic classes. They're not boring. They're not lame. They're effective, applicable tools to help you grow in Christ. Find one that fits where you're at and take a class and connect. Third and finally, and with this we'll close. Now that we know where we came from, now that we know the mission God has called us to, the strategy that he's given to, to accomplish that mission, now that we know that, that the call is to serve and connect and even to take one of those training classes, now that we know all of those things, what's the final thing God is calling us to? Look back at the text. Look back at the text. Psalm 126, second half of verse two. It says this, then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Now I find this fascinating. I really do. Because here's what's happening. God brought the nation of Israel out of Babylonian captivity and back to Jerusalem. He brought them back into that preferred future as they submitted to him, as they repented, as they laid their lives before the throne of God. He brought them out of that place. So who should be saying, God has done great things. Israel, which they did. 
They said, the Lord has done great things for us. But, but look what the text says. It says that the nations say, the Lord has done great things for them. The, Psalm 126, when God does great things, when God brings us out of something and into something better, guess what? It's intrinsically evangelistic. It's intrinsically missional. In and of itself, when God does great things, people look and they say, look at what God has done for them. And we declare his glory among the nations and the nations echo back, the Lord has done great things for them. And we will say the same thing as a faith family this year. We will say God has done great things and our neighbors, our friends, our family that doesn't know Jesus, we're expecting that they echo back that refrain, the Lord has done great things. So you wanna know our motto for the coming year? We've got another one. It's intrinsically evangelistic. It's foundational for who we are and what we're focusing on in the coming year. You want it? You have to come back next week because that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about next week. And I'm not kidding, you have to come back next week. Listen, uh, for those of you who are, who are Peter Pan fans, and I mentioned Star Trek a little bit ago, you're, you're Star Trek fans, you know this phrase, second star to the right and straight on till morning. God has given us a star out on the horizon. God has given us a focus. He's given us a vision. He's given us clear direction for what he's called us to. And just like Peter Pan said, and just like Captain James T. Kirk said, <laughs> we focus on that star, we aim that way, we fly fast and straight towards that mission and we declare as a body, the Lord has done great things. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God, as we just continue to worship both by giving uh, to the benevolent offering, even what we talked about today and all the great things that you've done in and through that offering, God, we just, uh, we declare together as a faith family, you have done great things. We give you glory, just as our mission statement calls us to, just as your word calls us to. We give you attention. We declare your name among the nations. God, you have done great things in this body. God, there was a time for those maybe who've been here a while that, that we even wondered, it felt like it was just a dream that you could use us, that you could grow us, that you could restore vitality and faith and life in you. It was just a dream. And yet, God, you did it. You did it, oh God. You brought us out. You called us into something better. You're using us for your kingdom. You're restoring marriages. You're restoring hope and faith. God, you're, you're bringing back new life in our spirit. God, you, just as your prophet said, you have redeemed the years that the locusts have eaten. And we give you thanks and praise. God, in our songs, in our giving, in our service, in our contribution, in our affections, in our minds, in our hearts, in our families, in all aspects of our life, we point to you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. 
seated at the right hand of the Father. In Christ's name, amen.